What's up, ladies and gentlemen, Bengals fans everywhere. I am Anthony Cazenza, and this is the Orange and Black Insiders Water Cooler Chat on Mondays. We bring it to you, get you caught up with all the headlines going with the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and the rest of the NFL. There's still, there. there's a lot of stuff happening with the Bengals, but really, obviously, this week is all about the Super Bowl coming up here between, um, you know, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. So that's where a lot of the news is coming from. But some Bengals-related news coming from some of those interviews will get you that. We're going to talk about a lot today. So um, buckle in. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Little self, uh, shameless self-promotion. If you wouldn't mind, please go check out the interview we did last week with Bengals quarterback Ken Anderson. He spent like 40 minutes with us. It was incredible. And uh, a great time, a lot of stories, reliving his career and um, you know, talking about a number of different things. But most importantly, Go support the Ken Anderson Alliance. KenAndersonAlliance.org is the website. Please go financially support if you are able. That great organization, um, you know, we want to promote what they're doing there and, um, you know, helping adults with developmental disabilities and uh, doing all kinds of really, really cool stuff. So if you have the means, please go support that charity. We appreciate that. Uh, seeing a lot of hello from pe- hellos from people. Hi, Roy from... Uh, Tennessee, it looks like, and apple juice. Hi, apple juice. I'm doing well. How are you? Russ saying he always looks forward to the water cooler chat. Awesome. Glad to have you all with us. We try and keep this around the same time if we're able to on Mondays, usually um, early afternoon Eastern if we're able. Uh, just unfortunately, some stuff kind of came up. So we're, we're recording live a little later than usual. So I apologize about that for a little bit of a time difference. But happy to have all of you with us. Let's get to it. I'm going to share, as I usually do, share a number of different pieces of headlines and news and all that good stuff. So let's let's get it going here. Let's start with, uh, where should we start, guys? Let's start here. This is uh, a, an article from my partner in crime on CincyJungle.com. The Joe Burrow re-endorsing the uh, Bengals drafting LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase. So there was an interview that Joe Burrow gave with Fanatics. It was like a Q&A thing where a lot of fans were able to, to pop in. Um, basically, Joe Burrow said, uh, I'd love to play with Jamar. He's a great player. We're still in contact all the time. We talk every now and then. He's a great dude and a great player. I'd love to have him on the team. Obviously, Jamar Chase is one of the guys the Bengals are uh, that I would think that the Bengals are targeting at number five, depending on what they do in free agency, whether that's offensive line or maybe they get a wide receiver in free agency. So it may remove the need here, but four openings on the wide wide receiver uh, depth chart, potentially Alex Erickson, AJ Green, John Ross, and um, I'm missing somebody. Mike Thomas is the fourth one. I always, I always get three and then I, I go with the fourth and I forget, <laughs> forget the fourth one. But those are the four that are set to be free agents this year. So, and our good, our good buddy Zim with the tweet there, you can go check that out. But there is a video, um, him talking about Jamar Chase joining the Cincinnati Bengals. We, um, John Sheeran and I on our, on our weekly show, we did, a little bit of a Jamar Chase versus De- Devontae Smith at number five. That was a fun debate, so go check that one out. But um, <clears throat> at any rate, 
that it, obviously Joe Burrow's on board with that. I, I assume Joe Burrow will also be on board potentially with, you know, offensive line help too. So, um, you know, a lot of choices for the Cincinnati Bengals at number five, maybe even a move back. Kyle Pitts is a guy maybe they, they'd be interested in if you move back a few spots. We'll see. But um, offensive line, wide receiver are, are definite needs for the Bengals. Uh, let's keep it going here. We've got an interesting article courtesy of Paul Daner Jr. of The Athletic. Uh, if you do not subscribe to The Athletic, it is a paid website, so please do so. This one came out just a little bit ago, so it's actually pretty good that I took the air a little later than usual. Shaq Barrett was with the was all for getting signed by the Bengals, and here's why he didn't. So if you you may or may not remember this, but um, back in the free agency period for the Bengals under Zach Taylor in his first offseason, they really pursued uh, Barrett and had a, I believe, a two-year deal on the table for him, and it was going to be a good, you know, a good deal for for both sides. Barrett was pretty excited. The Bengals apparently pulled the deal at the last minute, citing a shoulder injury. Um, and what happened then? Barrett went to uh, Tampa Bay on a one-year deal, and then was franchise tagged this year. And he has been explosive for them, getting after the quarterback regularly, whereas the Bengals have had massive, massive struggles since getting to the quarterback. So Paul Daner chatted with him during the the media week here, and it said, and here's what Barrett said about how that whole thing played out. Quote, they said, I had something with my shoulder or something that I don't have anything with my shoulder. Uh, that's when they pulled off, which had me pretty upset because I was putting all my eggs into that basket. I thought Cincinnati would have been the right move for me. They offered me a two-year contract and my agent was sure he could get me up a little bit more than what they offered. So it would have been the most money I'd ever made with the most security. And that's all I wanted was security and stability for my family. It was a gut shot once they pulled the contract offer but I didn't hear from anybody else about anything from the teams I visited about my shoulder injury because I never had a shoulder injury. Barrett signed a one-year $4 million with the with the Bucks, And then, you know, as I mentioned, he was franchise tagged this year. Um, he, he's been just absolutely explosive. You see here uh, 19 and a half sacks in 2019 and uh, led all uh, fourth among all edge rushers and pressures. Uh, and he had eight sacks this year. So 27 and a half sacks the past two seasons where he theoretically could have been with the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals said he had a shoulder issue. Um, he said he did not. So he's not really sure where that is coming from uh, or that did come from with, with the Bengals. And I, got, I guess I got two things to say or two questions about that. Uh, number one, how do you how do you flag a shoulder injury that nobody, no other teams that he visited flagged? I don't I don't understand that. I know medical teams do different evaluations, different experts find different things, but you got to kind of shake your head at that one a little bit. And then of course, you know, there's some talk maybe that I think Paul Daner Jr. actually in one of his, you know, off season plan, uh, off season blueprint type of thing for the, for the Bengals, you know, he mentioned they could go after Shaq Barrett again. Um, based on some of these comments, I don't know that Barrett would be kind of open to returning to Cincinnati, even if there was a lot of money on the table. Who knows? But when he uses terms like gut shot, it made me upset, that sort of thing, um, that that doesn't sound too promising for a potential, uh, I, I guess you wouldn't call it a reunion, <laughs> technically, because they never really 
we're united, but uh, you know, it, it, him coming back to Cincinnati, I, I don't know how, how plausible that is based on some of these terms he used. So pretty upsetting. It's good to see him playing well, um, you know, since landing with Tampa Bay and now he's in a Super Bowl, whereas the Bengals are, you know, have been one of the worst teams in the league over the past two seasons. So, you know, kudos to Barrett for, for making himself a lot of money and being a productive player. And, you know, the Bengals kind of have a little bit of egg on their face after this one. So uh, any, anyway, uh, very interesting stuff from Paul Daner Jr. In, of The Athletic. So go check out the entire article there um, and support what they're doing over there. Good stuff from him as always. Let's keep it going. Uh, we've got, uh, this is from our buddy James Rapine over at All Bengals, the Sports Illustrated site. I'm going to pull this up here. There are a handful of players that impressed or or could be on the radar for the Cincinnati Bengals at the senior from the Senior Bowl. That, as you know, came uh, came and went this past weekend, and there were a, there's a lot of buzz about some of these players. And unfortunately, you know, it wasn't the same with the COVID stuff going on in terms of you know direct access to some of these players, or you know, and and Zach Taylor was actually one of the few head coaches who actually went and attended the event, so he was there in person. Um, so th- you can see some of these names here, and maybe uh, th- maybe the first time that you're hearing some of these names, but. Probably want to maybe start getting familiar with some of these guys. Um, Quincy Roche, the edge out of Miami, um, should be a day two, day three, early day three pick. But um, you see here the notes, 30 and a half sacks and 45 career games. I think a lot of people, um, at least who have been paying attention somewhat closely to the draft, are familiar with Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Um, you know, he's he's a good player and could fill a need here. You can see some of this from Russ Heltman, 300, uh, 358 yards against man coverage, uh, 18.8 yards per target. So, um, you know, good, good fit there. Deontay Smith, a tackle out of East Carolina, um, big, big guy, six five two ninety four. 294. Um, so he can, he can do a little bit of tackle and guard. Of course, of course, of course, Creed Humphrey, the interior offensive lineman out of Oklahoma. He had a very nice week um, at the senior bowl and just continues to be a guy that will probably be there uh, in round two. Um, he might move up, you know, you see it, it could be a top 35 pick. I don't know that he's going to go first round, but you know, he could be one of those first names off the board the second night there for round two. So keep, keep that in mind. This is another guy right here. Quinn Miners, a guy out of Wisconsin, Whitewater, small school. He really was the biggest riser this week, I guess, because of where he went to school, but a guy for sure for Bengals fans to keep um, tabs on seems to be a guy that would fit the, um, the Frank Pollock mold in terms of what he wants. And, you know, he's basically a guy that made himself a lot of money this week. So, you know, he's, he's a guy that could be there maybe as early as uh, day two, maybe, maybe, you know, round four, if he's still there. Uh, but, you know, he's, there's a couple of guys like this. I think Ben Barch was one last year, came from a smaller school and ended up going in, in round four. And so Quinn Miners is another guy that um, has been rising up boards. So these are just a few of the names go check out. Uh, and then of course, Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest, the edge there. He is a guy that just continues to impress, uh, continues to impress a lot of people. So, Go check out that article on all Bengals. There are a number of names there. Good stuff from James Rapine and his crew over there. 
working hard and putting out content furiously as they always do. So good stuff from them. Seeing if there's anything else here. Uh, there's one There's one thing uh, as we kind of transition a little bit into, but we're going to talk a little more Bengals stuff and then we're going to talk about AFC North and then we're going to talk about the rest of the NFL. But um, it sounds like Press Taylor, who lost his job or was not retained with the Philadelphia Eagles, will will not be joining the Bengals because Press Taylor is now with the Colts. Um, there was some speculation that he could be joining Zach Taylor in some capacity, maybe passing game coordinator. Um, you know, the Rams had that under McVay, had that position under McVay, and they just added run game coordinator to Frank Pollock's title. So, you know, maybe that that was something that was thought about, but, um, you know, they're not they're not reuniting as brother, brother. <laughs> and uh, so he is now joining the Colts, but he wasn't retained by the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's something um, that we can, I don't know, maybe some of you felt that it was <laughs> something that should have been explored. Maybe some of you thought that it shouldn't have been explored, but who knows? Regardless, he's not in the cards for the Bengals. I want to do another little promotion of a friend of ours. He's been on our show before. He's got his own show where uh, it's a lot of fun. I think it's it's usually on Tuesday nights. It's his last one of the season. So I guess he's taking a break here after this one. But what a show lineup by our good buddy, Bengal Jim. You see here, he's got Ken Anderson, who just joined us, Chris Collinsworth, Anthony Munoz, Dave Lapham, Pete Johnson, Reggie Williams, Gary Burley, and Pat McAnally all joining him on February 2nd, um, giving him some time from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, we want to promote what uh, some of these other great guys are doing, great guys and gals are doing out there. So um, Jim is a good good guy and a friend of the program, a friend of Cincy Jungle. I've been on his show. He's been on ours, and we want to promote what he's doing there. So if you have the means, go check out the, I think they're on YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. So check that out. A lot of good old names there uh, in Bengals history that he's being able to host. So um, fun stuff from Bengal Jim. I want to also point this out. This is another guy we've had on our show that we really, you know, I'm, I'm not, I've never been a, a big math guy. That's, I was actually, <laughs> Uh, a history poli sci guy uh, in college. So I was not overly into math. Um, so I always like to, on Twitter, look at Andre Parada, at Andre Parada 13, a good follow. He does a lot of cap stuff, salary cap figures, and you can see what he's got here. The Bengals have approximately 150 and a half million in cap liabilities. Proposed 180 million cap. It's kind of fluid right now. It is going to drop. We we all know that from previous years. But um, you know the Bengals will have roughly 40 million in space, um, and then of course they're going to roll over some. And then you know after rolling over the 10 million, they'll probably roll over money again if they're able to do that. And then you know they may shed some contracts uh, off the books there. Geno Atkins. I don't know what they're what they're going to be doing with Trey Waynes there. I assume they want to keep that that contract as it is because they want to see what they can get out of him, but he's a high figure. Um, you know, you're getting AJ green off the books um, regardless of if he comes back or not, that, that franchise tag is not there. So just a little update from him and we, we will get Andre back on the show coming up here in the next uh, few, few weeks here, because obviously free agency becomes a frenzy. There's a lot to digest there. And um, you know, 
that's he's a valuable guy, a really sharp guy. So we want to get him back on the program. Um, yeah, Sage Ohio says I follow him on on Twitter. Uh. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. We're going to be here for a few more minutes going over some headlines. Good to see all of you. Hello to, um, I see John Wallace from Scotland. Good to see you, man. Uh, Jason Von Stein, good good friend of the, the program there and a lot of others. Hello, hello, hello. Good to see you, whether you're joining us through our YouTube channel, Facebook, or if you're joining us on our Twitter account, we appreciate you um, joining us. I see West West Texas here. Good to see you from, from Twitter there. So appreciate you all tuning in. We're trying to catch you up on all of the news with the Cincinnati Bengals within their division and around the NFL as the Super Bowl is just around the corner. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Appreciate you all tuning in. Or if you're listening after the fact, you're cool with you're cool in my books too. If you're listening after the fact, but try and join us live. We like to we like to interact with all of you. We're gonna transition into the AFC North. Some unfortunate news with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Patricia Rooney passed away. Uh, I believe it was yesterday, and you know, obviously, she and the Rooney family are big figureheads in the in the NFL landscape. So uh, condolences to the Rooney family and, you know, something that's uh, never easy to talk about, never easy to go through when you lose a loved one. So, um, you know, we feel for the Rooney family and extend our condolences there. Uh, that's, that's a sad thing. And by the way, if you look to the right here, another little sidebar, uh, the actor, Dustin Diamond, uh, who played Screech and Saved by the Bell, he passed away at 44 from lung cancer today as well. That was kind of a sad and shocking thing too for those of you who grew up in the in the 90s watching Saved by the Bell um unfortunate news there he's pretty young obviously so um some somber news uh right there for you let's transition to i i guess more more football ish news and not not such sad somber news this is so there's there's a lot to hash out between Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got a big cap figure. The Steelers are kind of up against it in terms of a lack of cap space. So, um, you know, they got to figure something out. Ben says he does he doesn't care about his pay at all this year, basically. And then, you know, a couple days later, I think the the Rooney family kind of said, well, we got to, we got to sit down and figure something out. Basically Ben is willing to, it sounds like Ben, Ben Roethlisberger is willing to tweak his contract to be able to, to stick with the Steelers and maybe give it one last run. I mean, this, this was a really, really weird year for the Steelers. They started off 11 and 0, as you know, the Bengals um, knocked them off and then they, they kind of went on a skid there at the end. I think they lost uh, five of their last six games, including the postseason. And that postseason loss to the Browns was embarrassing on their home turf. A lot of mistakes and really just could not stop the run, could not, could not contain what Cleveland was doing and Cleveland just kind of kept coming. And so they didn't, I don't think they expected that, but regardless, it sounds, and this is on the athletic again, by the way, but, uh, he wants to return for his 18th season, wants to come back to Pittsburgh. Um, and so, uh, you know, I don't care about my pay at all this year was the quote that Roethlisberger gave Ed Bouchette um, from The Athletic. So you can see here the veteran quarterback's current contract. Oof, $41 million is the cap hit 
including $19 million in bonus money, but Roethlisberger has made it clear to Pittsburgh he wants to do everything he can to help the team. Uh, I'm pretty sure I want to go one more year because I think I can do it and gives us a real chance of winning was another quote from Roethlisberger. I, I, there's, there is a lot of stuff in there about, you know, a little, little drama queen or prima donna or whatever, uh, because he does the retirement game a little bit. Uh, he's done that in the past. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play. And obviously, you know, he kind of at times seems to milk some injuries, but I mean, no one, no one can deny that Ben Roethlisberger is a hall of fame quarterback. He's been extremely valuable to that franchise. Um, so he wants to try and give it one more shot, maybe try and, Try and do it, but this is going to be a very interesting. We'll talk more about this. It's going to be a very interesting year in terms of the baton passing of quarterbacks around the league. You know, we saw Drew Brees hang it up, all but hang it up after his loss in the playoffs. We think he's probably going to retire. I think a lot of people think that. We're talking about Ben Roethlisberger potentially, you know, maybe retiring, but it sounds like he's going to come back. Philip Rivers retired after one season with the Colts, a pretty good season with the Colts, but retired. And then, of course, um, you know you've got you've got some other movement of quarterbacks, other rumors of quarterbacks. So we'll talk more about that in a second. But um, going to be a, a different landscape. Who knows what happens with Tom Brady after this weekend? If he wins, does he is he done? Um, if he doesn't win, is he done? I don't know. So um, you know, it, it's going to be a different looking landscape in terms of quarterbacks going forward after this after this year. A lot of big names um, potentially being moved or maybe calling it quits moving to the Baltimore Ravens side of things. This was just an, a kind of cryptic, but an interesting tweet put out by Orlando Brown, who plays right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. And he says, I'm a left tackle with all caps. Um, they got Ronnie Stanley, who is their, their left tackle. And he's a guy that, you know, thinks that he should be paid as and play left tackle. So I don't know if this was uh, a way for a ploy for him to potentially get, get moved and get traded out of town. Who knows? But uh, it's certainly an interesting way to go about it. Um, going to social media and making that, making that proclamation. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect the Bengal. I don't expect the Ravens to try and, lessen their roster by give trading him away to the Bengals if trade is even in that in the books there so yeah and I see you know uh T I I don't I'm Tev I'll just say Tev on Twitter says we should have drafted him when we had the chance yeah if you remember there was uh there was some talk because Marvin Lewis knew Orlando Brown senior um who unfortunately passed away but he knew Orlando Brown senior from you know days in Baltimore and he grew pretty close to the sun and, you know, it was kind of a weird, uh, I guess, drop from Orlando Brown in terms of his draft stock. You know, a lot of people thought he was going to be potentially around one pick, a guy that the Bengals could have, could have grabbed, but you know, some weight issues and, you know, people kind of did paralysis by over analysis a little bit as they tend to do with some of these college prospects. And he ended up falling the Ravens get him and he's been a solid right tackle for them, but he wants to play left tackle and he wants to get paid as a left tackle. So we'll keep that, keep that monitored for sure. Uh, the, the Ravens usually have a pretty good offensive line and he is a part of it. So something to monitor, as I said, 
We also have a on NFL.com a Bucky Brooks first edition mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah had uh, his come out a, a few days ago, and he had the Bengals taking Rashawn Slater um, at number five, which was kind of surprising to some because they had, you know, Panay Sewell was still on the board at the time, and he had Panay Sewell dropping all the way to 10 to the Cowboys. Jeremiah did. Now, here we are with Brooks. Um, a lot of similarities. You're going to see a lot of the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields talk at 1-2. Miami Dolphins grabbed Jamar Chase at number three in his mock. And then Zach Wilson, the third quarterback in four picks in Bucky Brooks's mock. And here we go. The Cincinnati Bengals, they take Panay Sewell in Brooks' um, mock draft. First go around in the mock draft. The Bengals 2021 offseason is all about protecting and supporting Joe Burrow, says Bucky Brooks. Sewell is a dominant edge blocker with the ability to snuff out pass rush rushers in protection. So you can go on NFL.com and find the rest of that there, but he does have the Bengals taking Panay Sewell at number five in his mock draft. And Jamar Chase going before at number three to the Dolphins. So that that's pretty interesting. Speaking of the Miami Dolphins, let's transition here to the other big one of the other big quarterbacks that was drafted last year with Joe Burrow and with Justin Herbert. Tua Tagovailoa calls his rookie season with the Dolphins quote below average. Um, and you saw at the end of the season he he got benched for a little bit there after taking over for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we'll you know we'll see. Uh, what happens here going forward. There's some, been some trade talk in terms of what is going on with Deshaun Watson. And he maybe Tua is, is traded there. Uh, by the way, got to love these ad videos that pop up on these things. Good Lord. Um, at any rate, you can see here, I would describe my rookie season as below average. He told Adam Shine. Um, on Mad Dog Sports Radio this past season wasn't up to my expectation that I have for myself, but there are a lot of things I was able to learn from being able to look at the defenses and how different all of the schemes are with defensive coordinators. Every Everyone runs different things. Hopefully I can compartmentalize everything and have a much better season next year. So there's that. Uh, that's... I think you look at that and you kind of, there were some concerns already with Tua, his arm and, and, you know, some other things, obviously the, you always have that question with Alabama players in terms of all the supporting cast that they have. Um, but I think, you know, based on, I know we're, we are all very disappointed and saddened how Joe Burrow's season unfortunately ended, but I think, you know, the fact that there's excitement going forward about Joe Burrow and what he can prove um, even coming off of an injury, you know, what he showed in, in limited games this year. I think the excitement is there from the Bengals fan base standpoint, whereas Tua and the Dolphins, you know, you were starting to get, I think Miami fans were starting to get pretty excited about what they were seeing from him at one point, And then it just kind of became a little bit of a game manager type of status. And then he was ultimately benched. So um, that's, that's kind of where they're at now. And I don't know if, if Miami's going to try and already offload him. Um, you know, they had Josh Rosen at one point and that, you know, that didn't work out. So 
you know, uh, they may be trigger happy to try and get Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Uh, Russ, already, uh, you're, you're teeing me up, buddy. Thoughts on Rams acquiring Stafford paid a heavy price. So let's talk about that one a little bit. Uh, Jared Goff, and now I, I did receive, I think, it was on Twitter, so I don't know if I answered it, but there was basically a comment saying, you know, how can you how can you get a trade in place here with the the new league year not you know not in not started yet, I guess was kind of the the question that I saw. And the the answer to that is you can basically agree to the terms, but the trade can't be executed until the league year starts. So they have this this trade in place, and you know, barring something whatever, it's going to go through. But they, I mean, this is this is what this is what's happening. Uh, the the Rams are shipping Jared Goff and two first round picks to acquire Matthew Stafford. Um, uh, two first round picks and a third round pick, excuse me, to get Matthew Stafford. Um, and Stafford was a guy who just didn't want to be with Detroit anymore. He kind of wanted to move on and try and see if he can get a championship somewhere. And he thinks that LA and Sean McVay is the one is the place to do it. At the end of the season, McVay and Goff, uh, they were at odds. I, I think there was, McVeigh believed that the quarterback position was just not doing enough and Goff was not doing enough to help the team. But I think also Goff had his feathers ruffled because uh, there was kind of a non-committal statement from, from uh, I think it was Les Snead and McVeigh at the end of the season after McVeigh rushed himself back to play in the playoffs. He hurt his thumb, had to have a quick surgery played in the playoffs and didn't didn't play overly well obviously given the throwing thumb injury but that's that that's kind of what ignited this whole thing and then Stafford just doesn't want to go through another reboot in Detroit so they're swapping quarterbacks along with picks now the reason why um, aside from maybe a talent disparity the reason why the Rams sent such high draft capital you see it right here he there is a four-year, $134 million contract extension in place. Um, and I believe there are two years left on that deal for Jared Goff. Now, I, you know, there a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, the Rams got fleeced or, you know, the Detroit, you know, you gave up your, your franchise quarterback. To me, as the, someone had asked kind of what I feel about it, I, I kind of look at it as, you know what, it's sometimes it's one of those things that maybe on, on paper the – capital that's been given up doesn't really match certain values and whatnot, but it's kind of, it's kind of two teams that were in a, a bad, not a great situation with their respective quarterbacks contract and underperforming for the Rams and Goff. lions. Stafford didn't want to go through another rebuild. He just basically is like, take, send me somewhere. I don't want to be here anymore. So it's kind of like, well, what can we, what can we get and what can we give away um, to just kind of make these situations remedy themselves. So I kind of look at it as kind of a win-win for both teams. Um, you know, you can you could probably persuade me, quite honestly, to say, you know, the Rams gave up way too much for Stafford. You could also say, why would the Lions pick up a quarterback like Goff in that terrible contract? Um, you could also make the argument that those first-round picks 
may not be high first round picks because the Rams are usually pretty competitive and have been under Sean McVay. So, I mean, there's a lot to kind of unfold here, but just kind of macro big picture on the thing. These were two teams that were not in good places with their respective quarterbacks that they had on their team. And it's kind of like, well, let's just get a deal going. And even if you have to, you know, bite the bullet a little bit on some of the, you know, the terms of the deals, you get out of, uh, you know, you get out of a bad contract if you're the Rams and you're giving up a lot of draft capital, which you don't like to do, but you get out of it. And then, you know, if you're the Lions, you're getting rid of your franchise quarterback who has basically expressed that he does not want to be there anymore. So it's just kind of getting you out of bad situations, even if it's taking on things that are less than ideal. So I kind of see it as a, as a win-win for both teams, really. Um, now Detroit may, you know, I, I'm very interested to see how Goff performs away from McVay because a lot of people think that McVay was the reason for any kind of success that Goff had. So I, I'm very interested to see how Goff performs away from kind of like the Brady Belichick thing, right? Um, I am very interested to see how Goff performs away from Detroit and a couple of years from now, the Lions and their mindset may be, you know what, we may need a quarterback in a couple of years if Goff doesn't work out or we can't re-sign him or whatever. So let's take those picks that we're getting and, you know, potentially have a package that's appealing to move up to get a top end quarterback in a couple of years. Maybe that's the mindset. I don't know. But uh, that's my, someone asked my opinions on that as well as relaying the headlines of that news. I see Martin Carr saying is Ross a free agent, John Ross. Yes, he is a free rate agent. Martin Carr, uh, John Ross is a free agent along with AJ Green, Mike Thomas, and Alex Erickson at the wide receiver position. So um, they have a lot to assess, the Bengals do, at that position group. I said that a little earlier in the show. So um, a lot to assess here. Well, I mentioned the Brady-Belichick dynamic, and this was a quote that popped up that this week that was – Interested, interesting to say the least. Danny Amendola played with the Patriots, played with Tom Brady, played under Bill Belichick. Tom Brady is the, quote, Patriot way, not the Patriots coaches. Um, so you look at this here, and when you see, here's the quote here. When you see Patriot way in the dictionary, it's going to have Tom Brady's name next to it. None of those coaches threw any passes. None of those coaches caught any passes. None of those coaches made any tackles. They get guys in the right position because they watch a lot of film and they spend all their time at the facility. Tom Brady is the, quote, Patriot way, and that's the reason why Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl right now and the Patriots aren't. So, I mean, I, I guess you could kind of say, well, thanks, Captain Obvious. I appreciate that. But it is quite interesting to see a former teammate kind of you know, say, you know, it's not, it's not both. It's not, you know, it's not all Belichick. It's the quarterback. So that's an interesting dynamic. I, I think we all can kind of sort of, at least sort of believe that based on the fact that Brady's in the Super Bowl away from the Patriots and Belichick. The Patriots did not even make the playoffs, much less the Super Bowl this year. They were uh, not very good this year. I, I do think there are some embedded excuses a little bit for New England. They had a lot of players opt out because of COVID, a lot of important players. But nevertheless, 
um, you know, Tom Brady's resume speaks for itself. And they're, uh, that's very, very telling words by Danny Amendola, who played under Belichick and with Tom Brady. The We're going to get out of here in just a few more minutes. We've got a couple more headlines to get to. Um, quickly, one by uh, Matt LaFleur. There is no doubt Aaron Rodgers will be the Packers quarterback in 21. I think I took the air a couple weeks ago um, saying, you know, there's, or maybe it was last week, actually. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that Aaron Rodgers himself was doubting being back with the Packers, but LaFleur, head coach of the Packers, says no way. Is that a trick question? Absolutely, LaFleur said. There is no doubt about it. You're, t- you're talking about the guy that's going to win the MVP of the league. We're not in this position without him. So I couldn't be happier with not only his performance, but how he led this football team, all the little things he does within that locker room to ensure that everybody is locked in, focused, ready to go. So, yeah, absolutely, he will be here for a long time. I know I've said that before, but for a long time. And then the GM, Brian Gutekunst, I guess. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Also added that he can't foresee any scenario he would consider trading Rodgers this year. Absolutely not. So that's at least one. We talked about some veteran quarterbacks either retiring or, or leaving their respective teams or what have you. And this is one that was kind of maybe a little bit up in the air for some people. And now it appears it is not. So that is the latest with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers as we sit here on February 1st. Speaking of more quarterback questions, there is an issue at that position in Philadelphia. And they there you can see here Sirianni quote evaluating Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts competition is the core value for the Eagles that was an interesting press conference by the way from Nick Sirianni the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles um, kind of stumbled over his words a little bit in terms of you know he had this prepared statement and talking about what his plan is and all that kind of stuff and that just came out messy messy to say the least hey I've been there I've I've stumbled over my words a couple of times doing live talks with you guys. I, I know how that goes, but um, just wasn't a, wasn't a great look. Wasn't a great look, I guess, uh, for a first impression. Um, but yeah, basically he just said they're, they're evaluating both guys. Carson Wentz, you, you know, he got benched. Uh, he, he's kind of hasn't been the same guy um, after his first couple of years where he was putting up a lot of stats and wins and all kinds of stuff. But if you remember, he got hurt at the end of their Super Bowl run where Doug Peterson and Nick Foles led the team to a Super Bowl win, not Carson Wentz. And then they draft Jalen Hurts to the surprise of quite a few people in the second round last year. Hurts got some starts, had some good games, had some not so good moments, um, still a lot there. So they're going to try and figure out what they've got going here. A core value is competition, Sirianni said. That's competition everywhere. Everybody's going to compete. I'm going to compete with the offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, on things. We are going to compete in the building with coaches. Competition is the core value that we are going to use for every single position that we have here with the Philadelphia Eagles. So a little bit of coach speak there. And that's that's very Pete Carrollish. the competition, compete, compete, compete. He likes to promote that as well. So that is the skinny in Philly. Let's end it here with the 
injury report and just kind of some some news about the Buccaneers and the um, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs here going into to the Super Bowl on Sunday. Let's pull this up. This is also from NFL.com. Uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown and safety Antoine Winfield getting close to returning. Um, so you see here there's a, a injured knee with, with Antonio Brown, so he's, quote, getting close. Uh, Antoine Winfield, who had an, a nice little rookie season, is also getting close with an ankle injury. Um, and then there's uh, – it, it says – <laughs> with Levante David, you'd have to shoot him to keep him out of this game. Arian said about Levante David hamstring issue, not playing in this game. So here's a couple of other things. Um, Legarius Sneed is cl uh, cleared concussion protocol via Andy Reed. Um, so the defensive back and Sammy Watkins uh, should be cleared to, uh, he did not practice Friday, but um, Sammy Watkins is, is on their injury report. Um, and then you see kind of some other names there too. But I think that the Chiefs also put a couple of players on the COVID list as well this week. So that's something to monitor too as you go into this week. But should be a very fun Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, weapons everywhere, a lot of offense. And one thing that, you know, I think Tampa Bay has allowed quite a, quite a few points um, in certain points this season and in certain games against you know, differing opponents. But one thing they do is they get after the quarterback a lot, um, whether that's Shaq Barrett, who we talked about earlier in the show, uh, Devin White from the linebacker position, he he has gotten a lot of quarterback sacks as well. So, um, I mean, you've got, you've got Sue on that team that can, that can disrupt and you've got a lot of different pieces there. So, um, you know, while the Chiefs will and should put up, points and yards and all that stuff against the uh, the Buccaneers. I think that, you know, they can get after the quarterback. So it's kind of feast or famine a little bit on defense for them, but should be an interesting game, a fun game to watch. And hopefully you guys have some fun watching it. Be safe. And I don't know if you got a dog in the fight between those two teams. I don't really eat personally. I don't have a dog in the fight, but I just want to see a good game. And there's been quite a few of them recently, good ones. Um, really, the last bad one I can remember was the Seattle-Denver game a few years ago, probably like four or five years ago. Um, that one was just brutal. But, uh, you know, for the most part, they've been pretty competitive since. So um, hopefully this one is a, is a good one. And that you all enjoy the show that's going to be put on by the NFL. They they do quite the production for the Super Bowl. So enjoy that. Enjoy the game. Thanks for tuning in on the Monday Water Cooler Chat, February edition. And we will see you Wednesday for our deep dive analysis show, John Sheeran and myself. You can keep it to Ace and Zim on New Stripe City and Orange is the New Black, their podcast there. That's part of the Cincy Jungle channel. You can also catch Matt Minnick's interviews and videos that he puts up on our channels here. Um, good stuff from him. We may also do a, a super show, a combination. We're gonna we're talking about doing that with all the all the gang here going forward and talking a little talking a little football with everybody on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel for a super show. So we'll let you know about that too. But thanks everybody for for tuning in. Appreciate all of the support and hopefully 
you go check out our interview with Ken Anderson. Go support the Ken Anderson Alliance as well. We appreciated the massive amount of time he gave us last week. It was awesome to talk to him again. Have a good rest of the week, guys. We'll see you soon.